You're now tuned in back to the Voice of Reason talk show. This is your host, Pravel DMC. I got my co-host on the side of me, Michael J. Corsi. I just want to tell y'all that it's an honor to have Dr. Stacey Tyler in here with us today, man. I had a phone conversation with her about a week ago. Right. And um, when she was talking to me, I just want to say I felt like it was rocket science <laughs> to me. I don't know how my viewers would feel. <laughs> She's so intelligent. She's so on point with what she knows. She knows what she knows, and you can't tell her otherwise. Dr. Stacy Tyler, uh, she has dedicated 10 years to obtain her Ph.D. from Wilder University and public policy and administration. She specializes in homeland security coordination and policy. Um, Dr. Stacey Tyler, I'm so nervous to have you on this show, and I'm going to say that once again because we've never had anybody on such a caliber on this show. And for you to come out here with us, guys, between me and Mike, we just want to say we appreciate you. We thank you for coming out. We're like the little men right now, and looking at what you're doing is is so amazing. Sometimes you feel like um, you're not worthy enough to even have – your greatness, <laughs> yes. you. you know, so yes. sometimes you don't feel like you're worthy enough to have that greatness in your presence. And, you know, God will show you the doors. He will bring the right people around you to yeah. say she's great, but she's going to teach you how to be better and, and show you what greatness is about. So I thank you for the conversation that we had on the phone. Thank I thank you. you for even coming out tonight and, and making the effort to come out to, to be with us. Uh, Mike, you got anything to say <laughs> to Dr. Stacy, man? Um, just want you to just be yourself and make yourself at home Thank and whatever you, you want to say just say, say it, it. Most right. definitely. yeah say it <laughs> say it so how are we going to start this now, before we started the show uh dr stacy she's just started pulling out everything on her right. show like well, let's talk i'm looking at y'all she started pulling out everything her book then she hit me with another book over here and as i was looking at all her books i had a little flyer on the table promoting mine like tuck mine because she got so much going on i'm looking at the desk i'm looking at the table she came fully prepared to give us some notes about what she really does and um I'm lost for words, Dr. Stacy. Why don't you inform us a little bit more on what you do, please? Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Glenn and Mike, for having no me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't want you guys to feel as though that you know you all are just little pawns. No, because you see all of this, but I feel as though I'm thankful to be on your show for you, you all to even have me. You know what I mean? Um, and to let you know that this is the first market in this tri-state area that I've been able to speak about this. Awesome. Wow. Because everything else, is, I've been in Washington, D.C., Virginia area, okay. because my major is Homeland Security, specialized in airport security. You, you mentioned I have 22 years in the airline industry. So that means that not only I have the 22 years, but I grew up in the airline industry. Right. My mother retire from the airline industry 25 years so my sisters we all were in the airline industry we were raised in the airline industry so this is something that i'm just not just i I lived it i just didn't decide to do something i i eat breathe drink aviation okay so I started my journey out as a uh, part-time customer service agent with my degree, okay? 
and I went back to school to get my master's degree. And in, in that, that period of time, I was with Northwest Airlines with my mom. And, um, and I said I wanted to be a general manager. General manager, just operating the station, meaning that when you get to the airport, you see the ticket counter, the gate, the ramp, operations, and you see, I'll just give you United Airlines at the Philadelphia International Airport. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to run an operation for an airline. And you're talking about the naysayers. No, you'll never do that. Um, just a lot of pushback that I received. I finished my degree, but realizing that I didn't know what I had. Mm. I didn't know what I had mm. at the time. And, um, and what happened is that my boss felt the threat, knew I had something. I was supposed to have been promoted to Detroit at the time, and things happened because she stopped me. She cut me right off the knees. So I knew right then and there, when you have adversity, yep. you know good and well you're on to something. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to say a few years later, I became the general manager. Mm. I developed my station from the ground floor, meaning that there was not even a plane flying into, this was for TW, TWA, TWE. Okay. And, um, and I developed, since then I developed five stations throughout the country for various airports, excuse me, airlines and airports throughout the country. Wow. So it gave me my opportunity so that I can just really create and develop stations, hire employed, get the resources, the infrastructure, the community, the you know, airport authority, and get everything together, manage the operation, and it's the whole airline. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so with that being said, I wanted to further my education. Education is key. So I wanted to get my PhD, and... Um, and I was doing some research about that. At one mm -hmm. point, you mm -hmm. said there was... There was a time when you couldn't even get your PhD or, or, or something like that. You right. were fighting to get back into school. What? Well, I wanted to, I started in Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, I'm not from this area at all. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I wanted the traditional classroom. Okay. The, tra tr the traditional classroom. I wanted to go to school just like everybody else with my backpack. But what happened is that there were, there were issues, you know, because airport, airlines, there's nothing out there besides, you know, management. And I wanted something to be, you know, sort of, it, it can, you know, relate to my degree. Well, unfortunately, 9-11 happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when 9-11 happened, it opened up the door for my degree, Homeland Security coordination and policy for Walden University. Wow. And at this time, I moved to Kentucky, Cincinnati Airport in operations. I was a GM for United, excuse me, for Delta Airlines in Erie, Pennsylvania. Then I moved on down to Kentucky. Wow. And that's how I started my journey obtaining my PhD. Now, getting to the good part. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> getting okay. to hey, the good part. Okay. So here, the bankruptcy, the mergers um, uh, occurred in October where Northwest Airlines and Delta filed bankruptcy on the same exact day. Wow. 
So I knew that I'm not from Kentucky. So there was a reorganization. I knew that I was not going to be able to sustain in Kentucky. So I had to, you know, move myself out of that area. I was in school, Homeland Security. Now, here's my criteria for my book, major airline, major airport, major airline, major airport on the East Coast, Philadelphia. Nice. So I came to Philadelphia and I started my PhD program, which I was already in, but now my research. My research was conducted at the Philadelphia International Airport and it deals with the miscommunication of TSA policies down to the frontline employees. Okay. Preventing weapons, okay. contraband, and prohibited items passing through security access points. Okay. 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 So now we're getting into what this is all about. Okay. Um, as I was working, managing the operation, I'm in school, and I would see some things. Well, it's really starting in Kentucky because of TSA, you know, TSA policies. And as employees, we have these CIDA badges, you know, those badges that are around our necks, mm -hmm. the lanyards, mm -hmm. you know. So those CIDA badges is the gateway of the world, meaning that if you have a CIDA badge, you can go anywhere wow. in the world. There's nothing stopping you, wow. period. So here with the TSA policies, TSA came about, the Transportation Security Administration came about because of the unfortunate terrorist attack of 9-11. Mm. So before 9-11 happened, the passenger screening process was underneath the Federal Aviation Security Administration, meaning that private security firms had it and then... 9-11 happened, now we have TSA. You follow me? Okay. okay. So, so with that being said, those policies that are out there, you guys fly. Right. Whenever mm -hmm. you fly, you only are allowed to take a certain amount of liquids and gels, right? right? right. The 311 right. policy, right? Okay. Okay. Right? okay. Mm -hmm. So that policy was uh, generated out of the Great Britain terrorist attack August 9th, 2006, okay? So everything that's happening out there in the screening process happened because there was a terrorist plot. Mm. Okay. okay. So that 311 policy, that plot unfoiled in Great Britain, okay? Um, I'm an operations manager for U.S. Airways, and um, I'm at work doing my normal thing, five o'clock in the morning, but I'm upstairs, because um, I was a rent manager at the time in okay. operations, and um, I'm upstairs w with my you know, coworker, and I'm like, where's, where's all the, the, the passengers at? Well, they're stuck behind, well, they're stuck at security checkpoint because the plot unfoiled August 9th, 2006 in Great Britain. I'm at work August 10th, and all of a sudden, you know, we have no idea as airline employees, managers, you know, who we have to get those passengers 
from security onto the plane, you know, security checkpoint onto the plane, wow. pushed back. So we had no idea. So now you're confiscating all liquids and gels because of the, the potential terrorist attack on the com U.S. commercial airliners. Wow. You know what I mean? So you, the whole body imaging, right. same thing. Another terrorist plot. Um, the underwear bomber, you know? Wow. And so so okay. everything okay. that's going on with security Jeez. out there, it deals with terrorism, okay? So now the Transportation Security Administration, those policies are supposed to be communicated down to the frontline employees, the airline and airport employees, okay? So, so this is where my research consists of, okay. okay? So those policies are supposed to be communicated to the frontline employees. Right. Well, we, meaning that the airlines, we have a regulatory compliance department. The regulatory compliance department, or corporate security, but it's normally regulatory compliance department, any kind of policy change, it is get from the government, from TSA, from Department of Homeland Security, from any is given to the regulatory compliance department, wow. okay, from the airlines. Right. That information is supposed to be disseminated to the leadership of the airlines. So I'm leadership, right? Mm. right. I'm getting it from the regulatory compliance, right? right? Mm -hmm. So those policies from leadership to the frontline employees, how does, and when, that gap, how does that information get from leadership, from the agency to the regulatory compliance, from leadership all the way to the frontline employees. And we're supposed to know the policy changed 311. Wow. You know what I mean? So that's where the gap is. So when my research is, what, why this is so critical is because the airline and airport employees are misusing our CIDA badges, bringing bringing large amount of, of, of drugs, um, yeah. weapons, and um, um, items through. <laughs> so, okay, for instance, okay, um, last year there was, there was a couple of incidents that, that occurred. My employee got murdered at the Philadelphia International Airport. Um, by another employee um, who brought a knife through um, security access points by using his um, CIDA badge. My employee's name is Aaron Jenkins, and I hired him as the GM for uh, GAT at the Philadelphia International Airport, and I had JetBlue Airlines and Spirit Airlines underneath my belt. And when I hired him, he was a ramp employee for um, working the jet blue planes okay. so <clears throat> excuse me so he was Fine. murdered last year um working with wfs underneath frontier airlines and there was an altercation in the break room mm. meaning that he was on break and um sleep you know he's on break resting right. and another employee came in and you know um turn on the light, and he asks, can you turn it off? In the break room, there's an altercation. You know, he comes, Aaron gets up, they started fighting. Aaron had the advantage in the, in the fight. 
So another employee came into the break room and, you know, bear hugged Aaron. Aaron got up and threw him off of his back. That employee went flying across the room. He gets up, charges after Aaron, pulls a knife out of his pant pocket and stabbed him in his upper thigh. Wow. So, one, that prohibited item passed through security access point by using his cyber badge. Wow. Mm -hmm. One. Now, okay. Right. Okay. So, follow me. So, um, you, he you heard about the, um, the uh, Horizon Alaska Airline employee who stole the plane in August. I didn't hear right. about that one. <laughs> okay, I'm aviation. Okay, so so in August, <laughs> August of last year, um, an Alaska Airline Horizon employee um, was working out on the ramp and literally um, gained access to did a tug and tow bar procedure. Excuse me, let me back it up. The plane was on um, line maintenance position at a remote location. Okay. So he, this gentleman um, who's deceased, um, was a ground uh, agent, service agent, and what transpired is that he utilized the tug and tow bar procedure, repositioned the plane 180 degrees, meaning that he used, utilized a tug and a tow bar to hook up the tow bar, attach the tug, to the tow bar plane, tow bar tug, wow. repositioned at 180 degrees, wow. unhooked, and then gained access to the plane. Got him in the cockpit. Now he's a ground worker. And took taxi, took off, and um, yeah, wow. he murdered. How is that even possible? Wow. Did I say misusing the site of that? Oh, you didn't say that. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. How was that even yes, possible? You said that earlier? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, th yeah. I thought that was with, when the no, guy stabbed no, him in the no. leg. So this, this is just so, a bunch so, of abuse so of power. So basically, what my research consists of is the internal threat. Oh, right. We okay. are considered as the internal threat to the aviation industry okay. by misusing our site of badges, by right. bringing the weapons, drugs, contraband, murder, stealing planes, the whole gamut. So the, the aviation workers are considered as the internal threat. So, so basically, they're, they're not being screened the same way as a traveler would be screened. Come on now. That's, okay. what, that's, what, so, that's what we were talking about basically, earlier. Yeah. I wanted to so, know. Yeah. So, so great question. Okay, so there's only four airports, four airports that are only at 100% screening. That means that the airline and airport employees are screened just like the passengers. Atlanta, Orlando, Miami, and Detroit. Everybody else, we're going through a security access point by using oh. our badges. Wow. 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 This might be completely off topic, but I, I just wanted to ask you something based on the fact that you work in, in the airline like that. Um, is there a lot of, I was on my way to LA and I, it's just a question I wanted to ask you. I was on my way to LA from Philadelphia and we had a layover and we got off through the layover. I was walking through and all of a sudden I seen these uh, plain clothes guys, but they had guns on them 
And they, they ran up on me and said they ran my name through something and my name came back funny. And they started searching my bags, throwing my CDs all over the place, broke my video camera and searched my pockets, asked me, did I have any money on me? And all the people that were on the other plane with us while we were all walking over, it was like, he didn't do anything wrong. What is, what is the problem? But when I asked them to show me their actual like badges, they said, that's none of your concern. They mugged me and they just walked away. How does that particular stuff happen in the airports and they get away with this type of stuff? Because when I asked, could I file a report? They told me there was no need and they were police officers. But I was like, they're in plain clothes. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't show me their badge, mm -hmm. but they put their guns in my face mm -hmm. to threaten me, mm -hmm. broke my stuff mm -hmm. and then said, oh, let me go once they mm -hmm. seen I didn't have any drugs on me. So okay. I was like, wow, stuff like that happens like that. Yes, I was very does. nervous. I it, thought like right. my life was in danger. <laughs> right, like I right. called my mom like, yo, I felt like I was about to get killed. Right. Because he, like, put put his gun to me and was yeah. like, you know, right. we ran your name. And right. I'm like, you didn't run my name. Well, what happened like, is that, okay, so airport security consists of um, the no-fly list, caps. Okay. Um, you know, other criteria. Um, One-way ticket. Um, the way that you purchase form purchase. of payment. Um, going Flying to a certain... Um, um, highly exam, examined um, countries, uh, mm. Libya, Sudan, mm. um, Iran, Iraq, and, you know. So, okay. so what happened is that, you know, these intelligence systems that everybody's name is being ran whenever you check in, there's, a, there's databases that are out there, CAPS 2, okay. that's what's out there now, and a no-fly list. Okay. And so what happens is that when uh, your name is, is, is flagged, okay, um, you know, things like this occur. So, but can your name be flagged just for nothing, just flagged? Because, I mean, I've, I've never had a record right. or anything, well, so I felt like, what is, right. what is this about? So, therefore, so because, because there was nothing that you had on you. Nothing. There's nothing, you know, your name, but that, that incident should have been done in an isolated area. Yeah, not they in did front it in front of, of all the everybody. people, and when I yeah. got back on the plane, yeah. I, everybody was like, you're all right, but I yeah. felt embarrassed, yes, and I'm right. like, mm -hmm. I didn't do anything. Right. I'm a paying customer. Right. I'm trying to travel right. from right. here to right. L.A., right. and I'm right. being abused right. by someone who right. just ran up it on me, been, and it was about it, six of these guys. It should guys. have been, okay, so tell me, this: were you on the plane, and they... they we were, we were uh, getting off the plane on the layover. You know there how you, you get off, and so, I was walking so through the airport. So what happened is that whenever you were, did, where'd you fly out of here? We flew out of Philadelphia. There you go. So whenever you flew out of Philadelphia, your name was flagged, and then they, they obtained you. They, when we got obtained, to the other, to the layover. They, exactly. But they did it in front of everybody, yeah. and it yeah. was like a danger. I felt yeah. like this is a dangerous situation. because, right. right. And not only, and I'm not trying to sound, but they sound very prejudiced. Right. Like, you shut right. up. Right. You do what right. we say. Right. Right. And I'm like, hold up. Right. I didn't right. do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. But I felt like mm -hmm. I was about to lose my life right. in there mm -hmm. because I'm just traveling from right. one place. And then he said, why you don't have any cash on you? Right. He's putting Come his on. hands in my pocket. Okay. I said, I got so, my money on my card. So last year, there's a cash smuggling ring in Atlanta, Delta Global Service employee, husband and wife team. They smuggled large amount of money from Atlanta to California um, and by misusing their CIDA badge. And what happens is that mm. the cash is, is really huge right now. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I know several people personally who had um, been arrested 
by getting cash through, well, trying to wow. get cash through, wow. you know, um, through security uh, checkpoints. And they were arrested and did time. For cash? Most certainly. Most certainly. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, was, it, so was, it, was it fake money? Or no. It was actually legit right. money. Mm -hmm. but, but in this case with the drug smuggling, I mean, excuse me, the cash smuggling, uh -huh. it's you use your badge and you have a, um, a mole waiting mm. for you upstairs, you know, somewhere. Wow. So, so in a sense, is that abuse of power or would they, are you, your name being ran is, is no, what you're supposed to that's do? That's intelligence. That's okay. So within the uh, uh, layers of security, okay. within the layers of security, um, there are 20 units of, of security. Okay. Okay. You heard, well, if you heard, security is a multi-layered approach. Okay. So there's 20 units. Those databases that I was just explaining, mm -hmm. it starts at the top, intelligence. Okay. That's intelligence. Mm. Okay? And it ends with the passengers. Mm. Okay? So in between, you have Customs and Border, you have pre-screening, you have Viper, you have a whole bunch of different things, law enforcement. Um, of course, you know, you have the ground um, service people. And then... Um, behavior detector officers, and there's 20 units within um, layers of security. So what happens is that whenever there is a policy change, a policy change, that policy has to transfer all the way down to the passenger to mm. make sure that you guys are safe. So that 311 policy, it had to trickle all the way down to make sure that you all are not bringing anything, gels or liquid. So my theoretical construct for my book is Wix 1979 Organizational Information Theory. Okay. So it just, it, it's interested in uh, the way that information is transferred down, communication. And instead of worrying about the, the, uh, the structure, it's worried about the process. Like you just asked as, as far as your incident. Yeah. You know, yeah. what is this? So what happens is that as, as far as airline and airport employees, we obtain these badges and our training, come on, our training is only a certain criteria. There's only four things that we have to, to learn in our training in order to receive those CIDA badges wow. to obtain the gateway of the rural. Only four. And there's only two classes. Two, if you're driving outside, um, is airport security and drive. Okay. And if you're management, you have another course. So with that being said, whenever we're getting trained to obtain those badges, our training is minimum. Okay, so that's how we are abusing right. our right. badges. You, you understand? So you think okay. they knew from the point the point that I left Philadelphia that I was going to get searched when I got off of that? Oh, plane? they they some it's yes. They already knew it was just, <laughs> yes. Once was, they report you, that was yes. it. Yes, just by running my name, just getting well, on a plane. Like I wasn't doing nothing but getting on a plane. Right. And so, so they already knew. Well, whatever that's that, that game. whatever was flagged. Wow. Whatever was flagged. 
whatever was flagged. And that was funny because they searched the bag, then they searched for money. Then yeah. they, and I'm like, why? I yes. didn't understand it. So you didn't have anything I didn't on have it. anything. There you and go. then I'm looking at like, well, y'all could have apologized because y'all just broke my video camera. <laughs> yes. But they walked away like they had authority. And then well, I, that's, that's it. It's abusive. That's though. it. So the TSA, they have the authority. Wow. Before the TSA, remember I said it's the FAA? Right. But now it's the TSA, so it's the government agency. So anything goes. So behind a security checkpoint, the airline, the airport, and the TSA employees, we all, those three entities, we all have to work together. So if you're getting treated, you know what I mean, you know, a certain way, how do you think the environment behind the security mm. checkpoint is, right. you know, with the three entities? Because they were just implemented since 2001. You have people that's been there before 9-11 even, you know, happened. Mm. So now it's like a lot of tension between the three entities behind mm. the security checkpoint. So, so when you have those particular badges that you're talking about, mm -hmm. does that stop you from being searched like everybody else? Do no. you get, do you Good get question. searched? Yes, we do. So often it's called random screening. Okay. I said often because the oh, random, right, 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 random, the random, right. we don't know when the random uh, checkpoints are going to be, but okay. however, Whenever you do in the Philadelphia International Airport, it's a it's a hub operation. So if I am a manager for certain location, I have access to certain concourses, okay. doors. Okay. okay. So your access will be different from my access. Your access is going to be different from my access. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So, so there, you know, it all depends upon your work area. Okay. okay. So, if there's random screenings, and and I'm bringing something through, knowing that I can't bring something through, and I got access. So, if I'm coming into work, and I can see that there's people standing in line mm. to get through the door, mm. I already around. know. They're going Turn around. around. Cause why? Cause you see, you see that line right and there, I have something, and you got something on you. So right. guess where I'm going? You gonna go get rid of that? Thing. No, I'm going to another door. Another door. Oh, cause That's, it's an ID card. Cause you have access to another area. Oh, wow. Welcome mm. to my research. And to be honest with you, I had no idea I was landing on this. This is uncharted territory. That's why I was looking at it like, <laughs> why would you call it the inside? Man? Cause right. I'm the inside, right. and because. What, what actually happened, how did I actually uh, obtain this information, is because I kept getting told no. Mm. Ooh. You don't like to hear no? Well, no. I was, I was, <laughs> my interest, I my interest was to conduct my, my research uh, two different ways. Okay. And I had, um, I had, um, you know, uh, presented my, my information to uh, the airport authority, um, to different um, people, and they kept telling me no. Now I'm in my eighth year, seventh, eighth year, you know, get obtaining my PhD, mm -hmm. doing, trying to get my research just to get a yes. Um, and my committee for my university said, do not uh, touch the passengers. 
Do not touch the pass. Do not research the passengers. Do not obtain my data from the passengers. Just deal with the airline and airport employees. Mm. And that's where you get the insight. And word. that's how I embarked on the internal threat, gotcha. not knowing that this was the hottest thing out there. Mm. So God just blessed me with something research, yeah. on. You know, I had no idea. Mm. What my whole goal was. I have my experience. Here's my education. I'm here. Let me finish. And not knowing that all of my experience in my years and what is actually happening is, is right here in this book. So I'm, I'm considered as an airport security internal threat. I was expert. about to ask you that. Do they yes. look at you as a threat? Do, oh, <laughs> do they look at me as yeah, a threat? Sometimes, because you, you got a lot of you got a lot of knowledge well, going on. In well, there. Do they I, want you yes. to bring some of well, this you, attention. Well, out first to of the all, people? look at me. Yeah, I know. Yes. Okay, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a, that's right there. That's right. A, that's number one. That's number then one. on top of that, you know, PhD, and then now is the is the information. So so here before I I've done my due diligence, guys. Okay, you know, it's not like. I just decided just to come out here and just put people on blast. No, right. that's not my that's not my my goal, because there's a resolution to all of this. Right. I didn't get to that part yet, but I have definitely done my due diligence before I even started this quest. I actually the first stop, I went back to the Philadelphia International Airport, and I spoke to uh, the individuals. I'll just choose my words. I spoke to the individuals who actually was telling me no, and you know, um, I can't <laughs> do my research here. Right. And I let them know my name is Dr. Stacy Tyler. My research was conducted at the Philadelphia International Airport, and I did a whole presentation for them so that we can partner because I have training solution mm. for them. Okay. For for every airline airport employee my goal is to implement my my training i created and developed a 10 course curriculum homeland security curriculum homeland security mm. curriculum remember that you was asking yeah. me you know what's your degree you know no I didn't have to go, you, no one has to go to political science or, you know, some other degree, international studies. Okay. No, this is Homeland Security okay. to be certified. Okay. So, um, and I have a, an online platform also so that every airline and airport employee can receive the proper training as far as the internal threat is concerned because there's minimum training. For instance, what is airport security? Where did it come from? Why are we doing these things? What, you know, why are we putting our badges on the outermost garment above your waist to cure all doors, no piggyback? Mm. Why are we doing all of that? You know, all we're just trying to do is pass the test so that we can get what? Our badge, the badge. right? So you're not being trained. You're just getting the access to gain you know, to have the world at your fingertips. Right. Because what I was explaining to you is that, you know, there are, there are um, smuggling rings. In February 13, 2017, there was 26, 26 airline, airport, TSA, and restaurant workers who were all in cahoots 
to smuggle 20 tons of cocaine over 20 years out of the Puerto Rico International Airport. You have December 2014, you had a gentleman by the name of Eugene Harvey, a Delta Airline employee, who smuggled 153 firearms uh, from Atlanta to JFK uh, by using his uh, uh, his badge. Man, they- so, so this is what I'm talking about. This is big. But, however, on a daily basis, an employee can misuse their CIDA badge by, if I'm traveling, and if I have a, a bottle of perfume or a bottle of something to turn up wherever you go, mm-hmm. or, or, or a tool to fix whatever you fix whenever you get to your final destination, and if I know that I cannot take it through security checkpoint, well, I'm going to call Keisha, James, you know what I mean? Yo, can you meet me in the front of the airport to get my bottle perfume, my bottle something? I'm going through security checkpoint. They're taking my prohibited item and going through the security access point. Boop. I'm flying out of B-16. I'll meet you over at B-16, and guess what I'm getting back? My prohibited item. Wow. It happens every single day. That's crazy. So this is what I embarked upon. It's basically correcting a problem (laughs) that's in the Exactly. So with that being said, I did my due diligence. I went, I traveled the whole Eastern Corridor. I met with, gosh, I met with the chief security officer, in New York uh, for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. I've met with uh, Senator Cory Booker's team in Newark, which he endorses my business, Interactive Intelligence Corporation. I've met with CEOs of airports and distributed letters um, to them, along with Congresswomen, Congressmen, um, TSA, Department of Homeland Security. I was on Capitol Hill to talk about this matter. I issued letters to CEOs of airlines, their security managers, corporate security, every airline association. I've spoke to them. Trust, I have done my due diligence. So, so therefore, I can speak the truth. I can speak, you know, um, what God has blessed me with and with this partial government shutdown. Mm. Now, come on. Mm-hmm. So, so here, um, with the partial government shutdown, if I knew this information beforehand, how do you think I felt whenever this partial government shutdown was in existence? I was like, oh my gosh. So if I'm not eating, if I'm not getting a paycheck, if I'm not getting a paycheck and you're forcing me to come to work, how fragile this system is right now. Right. So the public all that you guys received was which which this book, the airport security book, is all about because there's three different entities, airport, airline, and passenger, and who's responsible for paying for airport security. Mm. So when it comes time for airport security on the passenger's perspective, you guys are paying a security tax. Mm. So every time that you're paying, so we pay you're, for paying t- you're paying for the taxes. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so so you're paying for 
the, the failures that are happening, you know what I mean? You're paying for, you know, um, so you're paying for security taxes, your lengthy long lines, um, security effectiveness. Um, you know, that's what your, your whole focus is as a passenger. So the media, the, 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 the TSA, everybody only wanted to hear how long would it take for me to get through the airport? What lane closures are happening? Remember? Yeah. Right. Okay. What, what lane closures? Um, how long is it getting through? Security effectiveness, performance standards. So that was the ultimate goal. So why? So you guys can continue to fly. So why? Tax money. It's right. all, and it's it's economy. <laughs> wow. So I'm not worried about you all in the security taxes. I'm worried about the, the, the employees. Yes, the because I know. I know. What they want. Please. Please. Do some things. And, and who's mining the store? Because there was no random screenings done. Wow. No random. I, I already you did my. On, please. Did did, listen. And they got them badge they can do. Listen. I and they literally. And they paid, so you know you're going to want to do something. I'm not getting wow. paid. I got a family. Look, they, they mm. Man, this is crazy. I won't speak too much to you. Right. Okay. So, so with that being said, I knew, I said something's got to, has to give when it comes time for this partial shutdown, government shutdown, because, you know, already, I, I showed a video um, at a town hall discussion that I, I did, um, in December 2017 with the airline and airport and TSA employees, but TSA never came, of course. It was about that. <laughs> and, um, and there was a video that came out. It was a congressional hearing, NBC, and it was about the, um, the failures of, of, of TSA ha having a 95% failed rate of getting uh, guns, weapons prohibited items through security checkpoint. That came out November 17, excuse me, November 2017, right? So over this partial government shutdown, what actually happened is that there were, you heard about the gun that, came, that got through uh, from uh, Delta Airlines, excuse me, on Delta Airlines, but in Atlanta. And there was a gun that actually got through January 3rd, okay. made it all the way to Tokyo. Wow. And the passenger reported and had to return back. So, again, regardless of the, the partial government shutdown, the standards for um, TSA, as far as the airline, excuse me, TSA employees doing their jobs effectively, regardless if there's a shutdown or not, there still are issues. Mm. Okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Stacy Tyler.